We're reading this month the book of Jeremiah in the Old Testament. Jeremiah is one of the tragic characters in Scripture. When he was called by God to be a prophet, he did not think himself adequate for the task. When he confronted the people of his day, presenting to them the message of God, he was ridiculed. When he did the very thing that God called him to do, he was persecuted. When you read Jeremiah, you are almost considering how much it takes to get a person to their breaking point. And yet Jeremiah faithfully follows the Lord. We're going to look at a passage this morning where we see that tried and tested. Where we will find how resolved he truly is to do the will of God and to see the importance of following the Lord when we want to quit. Let me ask you this morning, how do you react when your good deeds are rewarded with evil? When you do something for someone that is kind, generous, and instead of showing appreciation, instead of thanking you, the individual treats you in an ungodly way. How do you respond when your good words are met with rudeness, chastisement, dismissal? What do you do to remain faithful when it seems that everything around you is causing you to want to quit, to give up? How do you respond to discouragement? And how do you go on when everything within you cries, enough, no more, I can't go on? When we look at Jeremiah chapter 20, I think perhaps the answers to some of those questions will become a bit clearer. So if you will, turn your Bibles with me to Jeremiah chapter 20. And I'd like for us to begin by considering this simple point. Don't quit when you are persecuted. Jeremiah faced a great deal of persecution. One example of this is recorded in the first seven verses of the chapter, the first six verses. The text begins, Now Pasher, the son of Imer, the priest, who was also chief governor in the house of the Lord, heard that Jeremiah prophesied these things. Then Pasher struck Jeremiah the prophet and put him in the stocks that were in the high gate of Benjamin, which was by the house of the Lord. And it happened on the next day that Pasher brought Jeremiah out of the stocks. Then Jeremiah said to him, The Lord has not called your name, Pasher, but Magor Misabib, For the Lord says, Behold, I will make you a terror to yourself and to all of your friends, and they shall fall by the sword of their enemies, and your eyes shall see it. 
I will give all Judah into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall carry them captive to Babylon and slay them with the sword. Moreover, I will deliver all the wealth of this city, all of its produce, all of its precious things, all the treasures of the kings of Judah. I will give into the hand of their enemies who will plunder them, seize them, and carry them to Babylon. And you, Pasher, and all who dwell in your house shall go to captivity." You shall go to Babylon, and there you shall die. Be buried there, you and all your friends to whom you have prophesied lies. Now put yourself in Jeremiah's shoes for one moment. God has called Jeremiah to speak his message to the people. That's what a prophet was supposed to do, by the way. Prophecy doesn't necessarily mean foretelling future events prophecy means speaking the Lord's message Jeremiah was speaking the message that God had given to him it was a message of doom upon the people of Judah and the people of Judah did not like it it was a message they did not want to hear they were tired of the negativity that Jeremiah proclaimed in their presence over and over again. And so Pasher, an individual who was in a position to do something about it, first strikes Jeremiah and then he places him in the stocks, in the high gate, a sort of inner prison, if you will. Persecuted, not because of something that he had done that was deserving of persecution. Not treated spitefully because he deserved to be treated spitefully, but persecuted simply because he spoke the message God delivered to him. Jeremiah didn't think that was fair. And you wouldn't either. What was his message? What was this specific message? Verse 1 tells us that when he heard Jeremiah prophesied these things, what are these things that Jeremiah has said? To answer that, look back to the previous chapter. Chapter 19, beginning in verse 1. Thus says the Lord, Go and get a potter's earthen flask. And take some of the elders of the people and some of the elders of the priests. And go out to the valley of the son of Hinnom, which is by the entry to the potsherd gate. And proclaim there the words that I tell you. And say, hear the word of the Lord, O kings of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. Behold, I will bring such a catastrophe on this place that whoever hears of it, his ears will tingle because they have forsaken me and made this an alien place, because they have burned incense in it to other gods whom neither they nor their fathers nor the kings of Judah have known, and have filled this place with the blood of innocence. They have also built the high places of Baal to burn their sons with fire for burnt offerings to Baal, which I did not command or speak, nor did it come into my mind. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that this place shall no longer be called Tophet or the valley of the son of Hinnom, but the valley of slaughter. God says, Jeremiah, you take a piece of pottery and you go out to what was essentially the dump outside of Jerusalem. And you make sure that you take some of the elders with you so that they'll know the message that I'm going to proclaim you tell them, this is what's going to happen because of the behavior of the people. 
and then you demonstrate. Verse 10, then you shall break the flask in the sight of the men who go with you. And say to them, thus says the Lord of hosts, even so I will break this people in this city as one breaks a potter's vessel which cannot be made whole again, and they shall bury them in Tophet till there is no place to bury. Jeremiah, you take the pottery and you throw it down and you say, this is what God is going to do to you. Now we were in Jeremiah's shoes a moment ago. Put yourself in the shoes of the elders of the people. How do they think about it? Here are individuals who take pride in the fact that they are God's chosen ones. Here are individuals who take pride in the fact that God has cared for them, that He has protected them, that He did not take them off when their northern brothers were taken away into captivity, but they have been a nation. Who is this fellow Jeremiah who's saying to us, God is going to break you? When Jeremiah spoke these things, Pasher hears of it. He takes Jeremiah, he slaps him, he puts him in the stocks. And when Jeremiah is released, he continues to share bad news. You and I, if we are faithful to the message of God, will not escape persecution. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 12, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. If we're doing what we are supposed to do, if we are living the way that we are supposed to live, there will be some who will despise the message that we present. I'm reminded of the words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, beginning... In verse 10, he said, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Do you know one of the prophets that Jesus has in mind when he makes that statement? He's talking about what happens to Jeremiah when Jeremiah, not sharing his own message, but preaching the message that God gave to him, is slapped and placed in stocks and placed in prison or later on in chapter 38 of the book, thrown down in a well and left to sink in the mire. Not because he was promoting his own agenda, but because he preached the message God gave to him. And yet, rather than giving up, rather than quitting, when we face persecution, we must follow the Lord. Do not quit when you face persecution. And yet, when you read Jeremiah chapter 20, you find out that Jeremiah wanted to quit. And so that leads us to the second thing for us to consider. Not only should we not quit when we are persecuted, but we should not quit when we are ridiculed for speaking truth. And you see Jeremiah wrestling with this decision. Will I continue to preach or shall I refrain? Will I continue to speak the message of God or shall I turn away? In verse 7 of chapter 20, he says, O Lord, you induced me and I was persuaded. 
The word induced could be translated enticed. It is the idea of God leading Jeremiah to the point where he wanted Jeremiah to go. You are stronger than I and have prevailed. I am in derision daily. Everyone mocks me. You could sympathize with Jeremiah. You can see why he would want to quit. Every single day he is in turmoil. Everyone around him is ridiculing him. Everyone is challenging his beliefs. He says in verse 8, For when I spoke, I cried out, I shouted, Violence and plunder, because the word of the Lord was made to me a reproach and a division daily. Then I said, I will not mention him, nor speak any more in his name. There may have been a time in your life in which you have been driven to this point. In which you have said, Enough. I have struggled enough with the ridicule of others. I have faced difficulty enough in my life. I will not speak anymore. I will not mention His name any longer. I can't go on. I must stop. But something kept Jeremiah from stopping. For he says in verse 9, But His word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. For I hear many mocking, fear on every side. Report, they say, and we will report it. All my acquaintances watch for my stumbling, saying, perhaps he can be induced. Then we will prevail against him, and we will take our revenge against him. There are three things to notice quickly in this short section. The first thing that I want you to focus on is why you should not quit when you are ridiculed. The motivation. And although Jeremiah is clearly disturbed, although he is troubled, although he is thinking about giving up, he also recognizes the source of his message. He understands that he serves as a prophet by divine appointment, that it was God who chose him while he was still in the womb, that it was God's plan that he preached to the people. And he loves God's message. But he does not understand his trials. Even so, the motivation came from God. God was stronger. And so Jeremiah spoke. But I don't want you just to remember why you have a message to present as a child of God. I want you to remember what the message is that God calls the child of God to present. And you see that in verses 8 and 9. The message that Jeremiah had was not a popular message. Neither is ours. Individuals don't like to be told that their life is not what God wants. They don't like to be told that selfishness is not the way to fulfillment, that selflessness, rather, is necessary. Jeremiah's message was not popular, verse 8, neither will ours be, but he could not keep that message to himself. It was as if it was a fire in his bones. The more he tried to hold it back, the less he was able And so the powerful message of God's Word should be within us. 
The word that is sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. Our Lord gave us a charge in Matthew, the 28th chapter, to make disciples of all the nations. To teach them to observe all things that He has commanded us. To hold back His words is not possible for the one who loves the Lord. And so we don't quit when we're ridiculed because of what we say. We remember why we say it. We remember what we say. And then there's a third component here that's also very important, and that is how. Look again at verse 10. Jeremiah reports, For I heard many mocking. Fear on every side. Report, they say, and we will report it. In other words, the people were listening, not just to what he said generally speaking. They were listening very, very carefully. If Jeremiah says something that's not true, you'd better believe someone was going to jump on that. But they weren't just listening to what he had to say. They were watching the way that he lived. You find the same sort of scrutiny toward our Lord in Luke, the 20th chapter. The Pharisees were listening carefully to see if he spoke anything that they could accuse him of. Luke 20, verse 20, and also in verse 26 of that same text. It's the same sort of critical examination that Jeremiah faces upon this occasion, and yet he understands the need to be faithful to the Lord. And so he does not quit in the face of persecution. And he does not quit when he is ridiculed for speaking the truth, and neither should we. Instead, we should remember why we speak, what we speak, and how. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16. But then you find a turning point in this chapter. It's brief but certainly a ray of light. Look at verses 11 through 13. But the Lord is with me as a mighty, awesome one. Therefore, my persecutors will stumble and will not prevail. They will be greatly ashamed, for they will not prosper. Their everlasting confusion will never be forgotten. But, O Lord of hosts, you who test the righteous and see the mind and heart, let me see your vengeance on them, for I have pleaded my cause before you. Sing to the Lord, praise the Lord, for He has delivered the life of the poor from the hands of the evildoers. In the midst of this passage, which depicts Jeremiah facing severe persecution and really getting to the edge of giving up, you find one of the most beautiful rays of light in Scripture. An individual who understands why he can't give up. And so instead of quitting, he praises God. There are actually three reasons as to why he praises God in this passage. Number one, he praises God for the support that God provides for him. 
And even in the middle of his trials, he recognizes what God is still doing to sustain him. He says in verse 11, The Lord is with me as a mighty, awesome one. God is greater than our enemies. He is greater than our struggles. Therefore, my persecutors will stumble and will not prevail. They will be greatly ashamed, for they will not prosper. Their everlasting confusion will never be forgotten. Jeremiah trusts, Jeremiah believes that God is stronger than his enemies. He will serve the Lord and he will not fear what man can do to him. Let me remind you that God will never leave us nor forsake us. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. Let me remind you that God cares for us. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. God loves you. He is on your side. And Jeremiah, instead of quitting could offer praise to God for His support. But he doesn't just praise God for His support, he praises God for His justice. In verse 12 he says, But you, O Lord of hosts, you who test the righteous and see the mind and the heart, let me see your vengeance on them, for I have pleaded my cause before you. There's a very important phrase in this verse. Jeremiah says, You who test the righteous... Do you know who he's talking about there? No doubt he has himself in mind. No doubt he realizes that he is innocent of the things that he is being persecuted for. He recognizes that he has been upright in his behavior, in his dealings. He doesn't accuse God of wrongdoing. He sees that God has a purpose. Something that he's trying to accomplish. And he realizes that God has an end in sight. Will the righteous be persecuted? Yes. All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus shall face persecution. Will the righteous be ridiculed? Yes, indeed. Even our Lord was. God tests the righteous. But ultimately, He will prevail over the wicked. Do not quit. Praise God for His support for His justice, and for His goodness. In verse 13, Jeremiah says, Sing to the Lord, praise the Lord, for He has delivered the life of the poor from the hand of the evildoers. God cares for those who cannot help themselves. God removes from difficulty those who are His. Jeremiah knew what God had done in the past and was confident that God would continue to do the same. And so he praises the Lord rather than quitting. I wish Jeremiah 20 ended right there. But what we find in Jeremiah's life is very similar to the roller coaster that you and I find ourselves on. At one moment in his story, he can be on top of the world and his faith cannot be questioned. And in the very next instant, he can be as low as anyone has ever been. And you find this revealed as the passage concludes. Don't quit because of self-doubt. Jeremiah says, Cursed be the day in which I was born. Let the day not be blessed in which my mother bore me. 
Let the man be cursed who brought news to my father, saying, A male child has been born to you, making him very glad. And let that man be like the cities which the Lord overthrew and did not relent. Let him hear the cry in the morning and the shouting at noon, because he did not kill me from the womb, that my mother might have been my grave and her womb always enlarged with me. Why did I come forth from the womb to see labor and sorrow that my days should be consumed with shame? God, I don't understand. I'm not going to quit when I'm persecuted. I'm not going to quit when they ridicule me. I'm going to praise you, but I do not understand. Why does it have to be me? Why do I have to be the one who bears this role? Who has this responsibility? It's difficult for us to provide a sufficient answer for that question. But we must remember that God does indeed have plans for his people. The very same people that Jeremiah was talking to, he reveals to them in a letter that he writes, Jeremiah chapter 29, the plans that God has. In verse 10, He says, for thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you and cause you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord. I will bring you to the place from which I have caused you to be carried away captive. God had plans for His people. But who was going to tell the people, the plans. That lot fell to Jeremiah. He was not unfaithful to his charge. Did they persecute him? Yes, indeed they did. Did they mock and ridicule him? Yes, indeed they did. Did he question why? Yes, he did. And even in the midst of his trials, he did not quit. I don't know what your struggle is this morning. I don't know where you are in the middle of this roller coaster from being on a high of faithfulness to a low of self-doubt. But I know that God continues to love you. I know that Jesus came to the earth to die in your place. I know that our Lord has promised rest for those who are faithful and punishment for those who reject His will. And I know that Jesus promised that He will come to take the faithful home. If you learn anything from Jeremiah, the 20th chapter, simply learn that we should not quit, but that we should instead follow the Lord. It's easy for us to become discouraged in a world where Christians are persecuted and ridiculed for their faith. But we must not give up. We follow the Lord 
We praise Him for the support that He provides. We praise Him because He is just, because He is God and we are not. And we praise Him because He is good. 